Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The ABCs are something you learned a long time ago in school. Well, today, Pastor J.D. will be taking us back to those same ABCs, but with a slight twist. You'll learn what the ABCs of salvation are. This simple tool is something that God is using to draw countless people to himself. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 17th, 2021. Our weaponry is spiritual in nature. We're up against these giants. We don't fight them in the conventional way. Our weaponry is not carnal in nature. It's spiritual in nature. It's a spiritual battle. I think about Peter. When he cuts off the ear of Malchus, when they're arresting Jesus, you got to love Peter. I mean... The courage, the boldness, how brave is that? He takes on the entire Roman army, and he cuts off the ear of Malchus. And Jesus so graciously, as if to say to Peter, 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 put your sword away. This is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. I'm almost 100% certain Malchus is going to be in heaven, because after Jesus takes and puts his ear back on, I'd have got saved right there, just like right that. Yeah. Here, one of his disciples cuts it off, and Jesus is like, I'm so sorry, sir. And he, I, I'm saved. I'm getting saved right there. Peter was trying to fight a spiritual battle with carnal weaponry, and we do err greatly to our own peril when we do that. Number five, it's all of grace. It's only by God's grace. It seems that God deemed it necessary to include this detail of five smooth stones. You ever ask yourself when you're in a place in God's Word, why did God deem it necessary to include a detail? Why do we need to know that there were five? There's a reason you know. Five is the number of grace. And I believe that this speaks to David's plan militarily and God's plan prophetically. First, This was a brilliant military strategy in the sense that David was prepared for the possibility of the Philistines starting to attack him. Some commentators suggest there were five because the uncircumcised Philistine (laughs) had four brothers, and they had five cities, and 
this uncircumcised Philistine was the one in Gath, one of the five cities. Possibly. Here's takeaway number nine. And this is important. Please listen to this. Just because we're trusting in the Lord to deliver us, and He will, just because the battle is the Lord's, and it is, does not mean that we're not to be shrewd and strategic. I think about, again, what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Don't be ignorant. Don't be so naive. I love the King James, the devils, the wiles of the devil. I love the sound of that. Don't be deceived or ignorant about the wiles of the devil. Can I just, okay, just, I just had to say it one more time. The wiles of the devil. Satan's very strategic, you know. He studies you strategically, militarily, like a military strategist. You know those old war photos of these strategists surrounding the table with the, the map in the middle, or strategizing. I hope this doesn't mess you up, but Satan's got a map of your life on his table. Have a nice afternoon. And he's strategizing on how to destroy you. And that's what Paul is saying. And that's what David is doing. Just as this was shrewd strategically, so too was this God's grace prophetically by virtue of the typology, again with the number five being the number of grace. You know the Ten Commandments? The fifth commandment is the only one with grace. All the other nine commandments, thou shalt not in the day that thou hast dost do it, thou shalt be killed. That's it. When you get to the fifth commandment, my mother and father made me memorize this. Honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee may be long. The number five commandment, the only one with grace. Here's another one. All through Scripture you see this. The fifth letter, grace, was placed in the fifth place in Abram and Sarah's name, changing their name and their nature. No longer Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah. No longer Abram, but Ibrahim, the fifth letter, in the fifth spot of their name, changed everything. Grace changes everything. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you know it well. We're saved by grace, through faith. Ah, we kind of skip over and read past and fast that part by grace through faith, which is what we're going to see here in a moment. I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I can't. So here's the takeaway. The only way we're able to defeat the giants in our lives is by way of the grace of God. There's no other way. It's all of grace. Number six, run toward it, not from it. 
To me, this answers the question I was just going to ask you. Do you want to know why David was so confident that God was going to deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into his hands? Because here we're told in verse 48 that David ran toward the giant. I would venture to say this was the first time this giant had ever had anyone run toward him and not away from him. Oh, this is new. (laughs) What's he doing? He ran toward him. That is unflinching fearlessness. And that's takeaway 11. When we put feet to our faith, stepping out in faith, we're saved by grace through faith. Without faith it's impossible to please Him, which means that with faith we're very pleasing to Him. So much so that when He sees us step out in faith, faith. What's faith? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence, strong word, forensic evidence of that which is yet unseen. This is a done deal. I have forensic evidence. I don't see it, but I believe it by faith. You know how people say, well, seeing is believing. No, it's not. Believing is seeing. When you believe by faith, you will see what God will do. Oh, it's, it's kind of like, you know in the Gospels with Jesus? I mean, He stopped everything when He saw faith and He brought attention to it. He was, I guess you could say in some way, impressed by it. I've never seen such faith as this. And oh, when there was faith, it was like, there's nothing I will not do. You know when he goes to his hometown in Nazareth, and all of the the people there looking at him going, I remember you when you were in diapers. Don't you hate that when you're, (laughs) as a young person, somebody says, I remember you when you were, whatever. But he could do very little miracles there. Can I say it this way? He could slay very few giants there, because a prophet is without honor in his own hometown, because they don't see him that way, and so they don't believe. The ones who believe will see. You believe God to do something. In fact, you know what? I think this is the Holy Spirit. Just hang in there with me. What comes to mind when I ask you this question? Is there something in your life today that you are wanting God to do that is so over the top? Do you believe that God can do it? If it's His will, why wouldn't He? If it's for your good and His glory, why would He not do that? Well, why hasn't it happened? Well, maybe it's like that man who said to Jesus, I I believe, but help my unbelief. My unbelief. Here's takeaway 11. 
Again, when we put feet to our faith, put our faith where our mouth is. We'll see what God's going to do. Number seven, lastly. And again, I know, firm grasp of the obvious. The enemy is a defeated foe. Here we're told that David slung the stone, striking the giant in his forehead. Then we're told in the narrative that there was no sword in David's hand. Of course not. There was a slingshot and now now four smooth stones, because the one stone not only hit the only place it could possibly hit that wasn't armored, because they had to see, they had this metal, probably weighed who knows how much, and there was just this little area right here, and boom, right in the exact spot. And we're even provided this detail, that stone sunk into his head. And again, depending on the translation, we're told that it killed him on the spot, and down he went. Now, (laughs) David doesn't have a sword, so what's he going to do? Well, we're told what he's going to do. Well, there's one right there. I'll use his sword. Could you imagine a, let's call him 17-year-old David, picking up a 150-pound sword, probably, supernaturally. And he picks up this ugly head, for all to see, by the way, and cuts it off. Why? He's already dead. Why would you need to do that? Oh, remember what he told him before he killed him with the stone? By the way, that rock is a type of Christ. Defeating the enemy. He's a defeated foe. But why why take it to this level? Because David told him, when I'm done with you and I cut off your head, there's going to be no doubt, unmistakably, decisively. Because if you think about it, and for those of you that have been to the Valley of Elah and Israel, you might be at a far distance. You're looking down in the valley, and all you see is the giant going down. For all you know, he could just be knocked unconscious. You don't know that he's dead. Oh, what's he going to do now? Oh, he's going, he took Oh, I can't look. He cut off the head of our, not going to mention his name, (laughs) champion. And he's holding it up. Oh, oh, that's so gross. No question now. Yeah. Why? So that they will know who my God is. And let me take it a step further, if you don't mind. You don't defy my God, like that. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. I, okay, we're running out of time. Calm down. This would not be the first time that God would use the weaponry of the enemy to their own <laughs> defeat. Think Haman. Haman, Haman, in the book of Esther, the very gallows that he had prepared to impale Mordechai on, 
were the very gallows that he himself would be impaled on. I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang in there with me. This is the last takeaway, takeaway number 12. The means by which our giants in life seek to destroy us will in the end be that which God chooses and uses to judge them. And they'll be judged. Their time is coming. Oh, now it looks like this is impossible. Do you see what we're up against? No. You'll see. Just wait. Yeah, but seeing is believing. No, believing is seeing. You, you wouldn't believe, even if I told you what I was going to do, you wouldn't believe it. But those who will believe will see what I'm going to do. Oh, they look big. They do. They have a lot of power. Yes, they do. They have a lot of control. Yes, they do. Click of the mouse, you're gone. Yeah, they can. But God. <laughs> Isn't it interesting, when it comes to social media, what the enemy has meant for evil, God has used their own weaponry to bring multitudes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> All right, let me bring it to an end. We are at the end, and this is evidence of it. We were foretold prophetically about it. The enemy is a defeated foe, and he knows he has but a short time, which is why what's happening is happening now. He knows he doesn't have much time. Would to God that more Christians knew that we didn't have much time. God's going to judge, and God is going to destroy Satan, and cast him into the lake of fire. By the way, there was a huge misunderstanding, and I, I'm so sorry about this. I made the comment that I want to have a front row seat for this, and people thought I was talking about watching people be thrown into hell. Absolutely not. I'm talking about I want a front row seat for, for when Satan is... I want to see that. And by the way, there's a reference in the book of Revelation when we see him, we're going to go, that's who deceived the nations? Are you, are you kidding me? And then conversely, when we see Jesus, we're going to wince, because we're going to behold him as the lamb that was slain. And, and here's this creature, creation, this adversary, this enemy, and we're going to look at him, very beautiful by the way, and we're just going to be shocked. First of all, we're going to be shocked that he doesn't wear red tights and have a pitchfork, I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm sorry for the silly reference, but we have a problem here, and I just want to address it very quickly here. Just hang in there. I'm almost done. The problem is that the enemy seeks to steal kill and destroy as many lives as he possibly can, knowing that he has but a short time. And again, I'll forgive me for repeating it, 
That explains why we are seeing what we are seeing happen today. It's all in the spiritual realm. And the time is at hand. It is decision time. I just missed my update from last week. (laughs) It's decision time. And this decision has eternity hanging in the balance. This is why we do these prophecy updates every week. This is why we share the gospel of Jesus Christ every week. This is why we go through the ABCs of salvation as a childlike explanation of salvation every week. What's the gospel? The gospel's the good news. What's the good news? The good news is, is that Jesus came and He was crucified to die for you in your place. And He was buried, but on the third day He rose again, defeating death. And He's coming back again one day to take us out of this world to that place that He's prepared for us in His Father's house. That's the good news. The ABCs of salvation is just a way, a simple way, a template, if you will, to share with someone the childlike simplicity of trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, you're a sinner, that you need the Savior, Romans 3. Verse 10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. This is the death penalty. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. How are you born again? By way of the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B, very simply. Believe. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10, 13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call. That's simple. That's simple. Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. 
we do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.